One of the liveliest, most intense places you can find in all of Europe is Sicily. Hi, I'm Rick Steves. If you like Italy for its people, relaxed tempo, and joy of living, rather than for its Botticelli's, Gucci's, and famous churches, you'll love remote, laid-back Sicily. I've invited a Sicilian tour guide friend to help us understand what you can expect from a trip to his island home. Okay, the sun-drenched machismo of Sicily can be a bit overwhelming. So, later in the hour, we'll travel to perhaps the opposite end of Europe's cultural spectrum, Germany's Black Forest. The quietly conservative Schwarzwald is known for its vigorous hikes, to die for chocolate cherry cakes, and spa treatments that show how Germans are experts even at relaxation. An insider's look at Sicily and Germany's Black Forest. It's coming right up on Travel with Rick Steves. Stay with us. Travel with Rick Steves is made possible in part by American Airlines. New vacation options in Latin America, plus getaways in the U.S., Europe, and the Caribbean are at aavacations.com. American Airlines knows why you fly. I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're going to Sicily. Boy, if you like Italy, I always tell people, well, Italy is my favorite country, as a lot of people know, and I always tell people, if you like Italy as far south as Rome, go further south because it gets better. If Italy is getting on your nerves by the time you get down to Rome, don't go further south because it gets worse. Italy intensifies as you plunge deeper, and in so many ways, Sicily is Italy squared. It's Italy in the extreme. On the other hand, Sicily is like another country. It's halfway to Africa. In Sicily, you've got the eastern Mediterranean, North Africa, of course, Italian culture, and then uh, Vikings and Normans coming in from Europe. And you've got this incredible multi-layered society and history. What a rich opportunity for anybody interested in an exciting travel experience. And I have with me in the studio today a friend uh, who's a guide from Sicily. His name is Alfio. Alfio, thank you for joining us. Thank you for Alfio inviting me. Di, mo- mo- Maurizio. Di, Mauro. Di Mauro. Di Mauro. What does that mean? Well, it's a kind of a a common last name to have this kind of D, and then Mauro or De Marco or Di Marco. So Di Mauro, so your father or uh, yeah, historically exactly. of, of Probably is Mauro. of Mauro, something like that. Now, Alfio is uh, a guide from uh, the big city, Catania. Yeah. Now, when we're thinking about Sicily, uh, give us just a little thumbnail look, Alfio, of Sicily. If somebody is doing most of Italy and they have a, a week in Sicily, what would the highlights be for you? Uh, I must say, of course, Palermo. Palermo. With all of its monuments. So if you're going to see one big modern city, maybe Palermo would be better than Syracuse or Catania. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because of its history. And you have a lot of monuments and and everything. And then I must say Cefalu, that is a very beautiful... Cefalu, I agree. Yeah. That's my favorite small yeah. town, kind of a fishing port. Yes, exactly. It's just beautiful city, little town on the beach. When I was in Cefalu, I met the um, Il Presidente. He was the... Uh, oh, yeah. He was the, the fishermen. The yeah. fishermen. And they mm-hmm. had nicknames. They didn't even know their real names. Sometimes they do. And, and they had their little hangout there, the fishermen sort of a co-op, yep. you know, cleaning their nets and telling their stories. Yeah. Where in the else? past generation, yeah, the nickname thing was kind of common, yeah. Well, after Cefalu, um, I must say um, Taormina. Now, Taormina is the romantic resort that yes. a lot of the European jet set would go. Definitely. At, at the base of the, um, of the volcano, volcano. Be- with, a, with a gondola that takes you down to the beautiful beaches. Yeah. Incredible Greek temple. Yeah. I think the location is great because you just have, in the main stage, you have the, the mm. volcano. In, in. How do you say stupendous in Italian? Meraviglioso. Marveloso. Meraviglioso. <laughs> and then let's uh, what else would we, uh, more, more aspects <laughs> of our Sicilian adventure? Uh, uh, I think I would go south and 
go to Syracuse, mm-hmm. Syracuse, mm-hmm. that in the Greek time it was just... Wonderful uh, Greek as ruins big, in Syracuse. Yeah. And then for Greek ruins, for the Greek overlay, you've got uh, Agrigento. You have Agrigento with the um, Ballet dei Templi, and then you have Segesta. So the great Greek ruins you can see down there. A lot of people don't realize that um, 500 BC, southern Italy was called Magna Grecia. Exactly. Greater Greece. And this yeah. was a Greek sort of a frontier. Wonderful yeah. Greek architecture in Sicily. Yeah. I mean, the best preserved temples are probably in, in Sicily, in, in, in and, Sicily. Not, and not in Greece. Yeah. I, would, I would agree with yeah. that. And yeah. then for a Roman, there's also some very interesting Roman villa to see. Yeah, it's in Piazza Armerina that is in, in the center of Sicily. And what would a it's Roman villa? Villa del Casale. Why way down in the middle of Sicily would there be a Roman emperor's villa? Oh, that's interesting. I think it was a kind of um, hunting resort. So he would go down and hunt. Y- yeah. Yeah, and you can see a lot of the in, in, a glimpse of their lifestyle with the mosaics on the, the floors. The mosaics are, are are incredible and and is is well preserved. Okay, so the point is, we got wonderful, thriving modern cities, Palermo, with these almost Arab style marketplaces, uh, very boisterous. You've got the Roman ruins, you've got the Greek ruins, you've got the wonderful fishing towns, you've got the romantic resort, resort. places. You even have a volcano. The volcano is fantastic. I mean, the, the view from the volcano is absolutely outstanding. Because so there's tour groups that take you actually up to the top. Yeah. And uh, you must think it's the, the most active volcano in, in Europe. I mean, it's, it's the tallest. I mean, talk about active. I was up there and there was lava right in front of us. It was hot. And it's very high. So they, they rent you coats for $2. They give you a heavy winter coat. And then uh, you get so close to the lava, you have to take it off. Yeah. It's, and, and they were pulling the hot lava out of the hole putting it in some sort of a mold and making ashtrays out of this ashtrays, hot lava. Yeah. That, we're talking about a cool, <laughs> a hot souvenir. They, they, they do that. Is it safe to go to the top of the volcano? Well, it is safe, but who never knows when there is an, an eruption. So going it's safe on. unless it erupts. Exactly. All exactly. Right. Well, but usually the police, they don't let you go if there is a kind of a big eruption or something. They stop you somewhere. Because you, you can see the plumes of steam routinely down there. Definitely. Do you I, remember eruptions? Have you ever been blanketed in, in uh, ash? Yeah, we had a very big eruption. I think it was 1983, and I was there. I was just 13 years old. It was spectacular. And when my uncle was working in the, in the, I don't know, the volunteer court, right. yeah. you know, yeah. I was with him, so I was spending time there. And I remember one day that was just walking, and then I end up on top of uh, uh, lava, but I didn't recognize because during the day it's not very that red. Right. And when when the, the surface cools off, yeah. uh, you, you really don't understand. And I just recognized that my, my shoes were going to melt. <laughs> really? So, yeah, I was walking just there. And, just oh. in the, and then I just I run away. And it was the hot so spots of Sicily. Yeah. Now, the volcano has given this, the, it's been active ever since, well, ancient times. And the Romans recognized this. Yeah, I think this is a kind of 300... Eruption or 3,000, I don't remember, are being uh, recorded. Lots since of history. recorded yeah, eruptions. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I mean, it's almost uh, active every couple of years. And I would imagine that fertilizes the soil then and all of this activity. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Because um, all of these minerals in, in the volcanoes, they have an, in the soil. I'm talking with Alfio de Moro from the island of Sicily, south of Italy. When you think of Italy, you know, it's the boot and this is the football. It's like a different world when you cross into Sicily. Technically, Alfio, Sicily is part of Italy. But historically, it's, it's quite, it has its own uniqueness, doesn't it? Yeah. How would you characterize that? What does the tourist experience today because of that? Well, this is something that you can apply at many regions in Italy, just not in Sicily. But in particular, Sicily is because 
it is uh, is the sites and the position of the island that they are interesting for the history because it's not a big island, right? So this island I've never have uh, enough population to have a kind of a strong army to defend themselves. So it's been uh, subjugated many times by invading um, exactly. conquerors. And, it, it, of course, uh, being an island, it, it has a huge amount of coastline, so it's, it's not easy to defend this. Okay, so, this you island. know, and so for most of your history, you've been uh, controlled by invaders. Exactly, because it's just a footstep between, you know, Africa and not of Europe. Well, the same way when the Allies were in retaking uh, Or Garibaldi Europe. when it started the unification on Italy. Okay, so it started from Sicily. Let's think about that. Uh, Garibaldi, when he wants to unite Italy, he starts his little army of, um, what are they called, the Thousand? Red Shirt. The Thousand Red Shirts. They start in Sicily and they move up the peninsula. When the Allies, the Americans, wanted to take uh, Europe back from the Germans and the Italians, we start in start Africa, jump Sicily. over to Sicily. Yep. Voila. When we're thinking about Sicily, many Americans are thinking mafia, organized crime. And to me, it kind of makes sense if you've been uh, subjugated generation after generation after generation by terrible invaders, you have a disrespect for the law, and you actually have Robin Hood-type characters uh, that take law into their own hands, and you have ingrained in the people sort of a a predisposition to uh, accept organized crime. Is that true? Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. I mean, we had many, many domination, but I must say not all of them have been bad for the island. I mean, we had great very great domination, like the Greeks, like the Arabs, like the Normans. But we had also very bad domination, like the Spaniards, huh. that, you know, that they just, there was a kind of high taxation. Okay, so the good domination was Greek, Greek Arab, and Arab, Norman. And Normans. I and must say, w- even the Roman, they were good, the uh, Romans, because yeah. they left a lot. But uh, just uh, Greek, Arab, and Normans, they just, I think they create the, the spirit of the island. Okay. But then the Spaniards come in. Then the Spaniards, they ruled the island for 500 years. They just, it was such a high taxation. So but it was their plantation, basically. It was, yeah, but the, the king was never there. Right. So the Sicilians felt that they, they were kind of oppressed, but the king was not there. And uh, Is that the roots of organized crime is during this period? I think so, because mm. when there was the family of the Argons, there were, there were the famous Vespri Siciliani. Right. There was the, it was, we are talking about 1300. And uh, the, after the Normans, the capital of, of the Regno della Due Sicilia, that was Sicily and South of Italy, was moved from Palermo to, to Naples. Okay, so the there king was the kingdom there. of two yeah. Sicilies. Right? So Sicily was uh, ruled by the Viceroy, Vicere. Right. Now, m- when my son went to Sicily last summer, he wanted to do godfather tourism. <laughs> and he went to, what's the town, Corleone? Corleone, yes. Now, Historically, is it, it's the... When I went to Sicily for my first time, I was nervous about the mafia, and I was uh, noticing how many locks were on my doors, but then I was also very impressed by the friendliness of the people, and I actually felt quite safe in Sicily. Yep. What is the common sense, what is the practicalities of traveling in Sicily from a safety point of view? Are there, is there a lot of thieves? Is there a lot of crime for tourists? I must say that in the last in the last decades, things are improved a lot. Uh, there is less uh, what can you say micro criminality? Well, just less less violent crime. Yeah, less violent crime, and um, it is pretty safe. Uh, of course, you've uh, grown up there. Have you seen yes. somebody? Have you ever seen anybody shot? No, no, never. You ever, never. You ever, you ever seen but when crime? I was young, it was right. it was. I mean, the mafia was pretty wild. After the Maxi process in 1992, everything kind of changed, and we have kind okay. of. A so 1992, that was the big government initiative to. Um, yeah. To, uh, after they killed the the two 
judges, uh, yeah. Falcone and Borsellino. So the, the mafia is laying low now or, or defeated? Uh, kind of. I don't think that we will be able to just Can't get rid of it forever. The <laughs> local people told me it's like the weather. You just have to live with it. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And there's a lot of corruption just in general. When the government money comes down there, uh, who knows where it goes, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know exactly about these things, but I think you are pretty right. It's yeah. fascinating. And the government's trying to crack down on this, just even on simple things like tax collection. When I was in Sicily, they said, when you buy a gelato, the uh, gelateria man has to give you a receipt, and you legally have to hold on to that receipt. Yeah, that is true everywhere in Italy. So they're, they're getting serious, because tax evasion is sort of an Italian recreation, isn't it? As a customer, you should pretend the, you the should, receipt. You yeah. should keep that receipt. Yeah. Yeah, because you, yeah, you have to. A policeman to for, could ask me where's exactly, your receipt. Yeah, wow. You have to ask. Yeah. We'll take your calls and emails next as we discover Sicily with Alfio Di Mauro, 877-333-RICK, and radio at ricksteves.com. Travel with Rick Steves is made possible in part by American Airlines. New vacation options in Latin America, plus getaways in the U.S., Europe, and the Caribbean are at aavacations.com. American Airlines knows why you fly. We're exploring the sights and the soul of Sicily with tour guide Alfio Di Mauro. 877-333-RICK. And you can email us at radio at ricksteves.com. We have some callers on the line. Let's, uh, I'm talking with Alfio Di Mauro, a friend of mine and a tour guide from Sicily. We're learning all about the uh, fascinating and complex world of uh, traveling through Sicily. We have Mary on the line from Massachusetts. Mary, thanks for your call. Hi, how are you doing? We're doing great. Great. It's so nice to speak with you. Well, thank you. Um, I've enjoyed uh, your travel books, and uh, Italy's my favorite place to go. And you're ready for Sicily, I'm huh? I'm ready for Sicily, yes. Well, you've got Alfio here. Do you have any questions <laughs> or, con- or comments for him? Well, uh, we're spending one week in Tres Catani. We have a, a villa we're staying at. It's my city. And, um, you know, I'm just wondering about going up to Taromina, and, you know, is there a particular restaurant or some sites that you would say that would be great to go? Well, this is coincidentally. You're staying in Alfio's actual town. No way! Yeah, Catania, yes. That's great. Hey, by the way, whenever we have a guest, um, his uh, contact information is on our website. So at uh, ricksteves.com in the radio section, uh, you could find Alfio's email address. And uh, he works as a tour guide. And, oh. and uh, if you oh. wanted a local guide, uh, you've got a good one here. But uh, you had a question about some tips. Her base for a week is your town. And you wanted to know, uh, Mary, good restaurants, good ideas for side tripping? Exactly. Um, in Catania, I must say, you, uh-huh. you don't have to miss the fish market. Okay. It is a kind of Arab-style traditional fish market. It's very, very um, 
a great experience. Okay, um, and and then I must say, go visit, of course, Piazza Duomo. That is a kind of uh, very interesting Baroque style piazza. Is a UNESCO heritage piazza. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and then we have also the Via Crociferi that is very famous for the churches, Baroque churches. And then there is in Piazza Stesicoro, there is the Roman amphitheater that, okay. uh, uh, unfortunately, it is the second largest amphitheater in the world after the Colosseum, but mm. uh, it is covered by all of the eruption that we had in the past centuries. So you can see just a little bit of it. Okay. By the way, Mary, uh, I write no guidebooks about Sicily, but we have uh, done a TV show on Sicily, and the script for our show is sort of my idea about what I would do if I had a week to explore Sicily. That's available in its entirety on our website at ricksteves.com. And I would remind you, Lonely Planet publishes a very good guidebook to Sicily. Okay. And also the Cadigan guidebook to Sicily I used and found it to be very thoughtful. Good. Alfio, do you have any other advice for guidebooks in English on Sicily? Yeah, there is. we have the Touring Club in Italy. Mm -hmm. Touring Club. Yeah, Touring Club. They did uh, an English version of the guidebook Oh, that would be great because it's written by local people then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is a great book. The Touring Club. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm also spending another week on the other side of Sicily, out near Palermo in Bagheria. Is Bagheria. Bagheria. Bagheria just is, is in Palermo. It's a suburban area oh. of Palermo. Okay. So we're doing, you know, one week one side, one week the other side. Wow. Great. Yeah. Do you recommend going to any of the, is it the Aeolian Islands? Yeah, I mean, the Aeolian Island are just one of the top ten things. Tell me about these, because I've never been to this, but, you know, I'm big under the Cinque Terre up in the north, and it's just an hour away from the Leaning Tower of Pisa, two hours from Florence, very accessible. And my hunch is there are places that are just as magic without any tourism, much tourism at all, in the in the deep south of Italy. Aeolian Islands, these are the islands you side-trip to by boat from... From Milazzo. It's, it's just, it's just uh, north of Sicily, is Yeah, it? northeast of Sicily, exactly. Okay. And okay. then you, you can take a hydrofoil, it takes just... 20 minutes. 20 minutes. With the hydrofoil and a couple of hours with the ferry. Lipardi Islands, is that different? Yeah. It's a Lipardi. It's the biggest. Okay. And one of those is a volcano also? Yeah. The first one is volcano, and then there's Lipardi, and then there's uh, Salina, Panarea, and all of the smallest. They are so beautiful because... Characteristic, traditional Yeah. They are very traditional. Just few people. The the sea is great. It is fantastic. Mary, you you've got two weeks down there, and boy, I would think you'd want to go to the Aeolian Islands. Oh, yeah. it sounds fabulous. Yeah, definitely, you have to definitely. go. And you said that you're going also to to, uh, to Taormina, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that is a very beautiful located town. Don't forget also to go to the uh, Mount Etna. The volcano oh, is right, right. just between Catania and Taormina. You're you cannot miss close. it. <laughs> I was on top. You of, miss I it. was on top of Mount Etna, and I had an airplane out of Catania by two o'clock or something that afternoon. And I was enjoying Mount Etna, and then I just got in my rental car. It's these brand new roads because they have to repave it after every uh, eruption. Yeah, every <laughs> five years. <laughs> it's just a glorious drive, uh, like through a lava wonderland. And then half hour later, I was at the airport in Catania and flying out. Have a great time, Mary. Oh, thank you so much. It was so nice to talk to you, and uh, happy travel. Let us know how your trip goes. (laughs) I will. Okay. Okay. Thank you. you. Auguri. Auguri. Thank you. Bye-bye. Auguri. What does that mean? That means I wish you all of the best. All of the best. Auguri. We got Nancy in Reno. Nancy, thanks for your call. Hi, Rick. Hi. Hello. Hello. Do you have any uh, comments for Alfio? Um, Yeah. Well, buongiorno, first of all. Ciao. Um, (laughs) 
I'm hoping to go to Sicily. Um, I've actually been to Sicily. I spent a week in Taormina and Catania and Messina and Noto, and I, I just ran out of time. It was so beautiful. Well, my mother was born in Noto. It's a beautiful city. It's a very beautiful city. Yes. And I'd like to go back, and I, I'm hoping to kind of focus in Palermo, spend a few days there. I'd like to go to Monreale. Yes. I'd also like to go to Agrigento. And my question is, if, is Agrigento, can I do it as a day trip from Palermo, or would I have to you know, spend, spend a night or spend a couple nights over there? Is it possible uh, to go you, in a day? You, you can do as a day trip. It uh, would be a kind of a, a long little day. bit. Yeah, a long, long day, day, but you, know, you definitely you can do that. Let me ask this, though. We have two famous Greek um, sort of desolate temples, Agrigento and Segesta. Segesta is very close to Palermo. Yes. Because uh, Palermo's on the north coast, and Agrigento's way on the south coast. Would you say, Alfio, if you're going to do one Greek site, uh, you would go to Segesta because it's so much closer by and it's almost as good as Agrigento, or would you make a point to go to Agrigento? Well, it's just, um, I don't know. I prefer Agrigento because of the valley, because of the view, because it okay, gives so you more drive. idea what this city was in the Greek time. Okay, so it's more of a city. Segesta yeah. is a stranded temple. Exactly. And Agrigento gives yeah. you a sense yeah. of a Greek yeah. city. Yeah. Ah, that's, that's good to know. Nancy, other questions? Um, no, I'm enjoying listening to your show. Thank all you very right. much for all the information. Hey, Nancy, it's fun to share this information. It's just a, a, a delight to have Alfio right here in my uh, recording studio. Nancy, you were in Taormina. Yes. Did you find it um, uppity and resorty and sort of um, stuffy, or did you find it uh, elegant and enjoyable? Well, you know, I have to admit, I'm, I'm more of a backdoor fan, and I did find it a little stuffy. Um, I, I speak Italian, and so I like to, to only speak Italian when I'm in Italy. And I found a lot of people, you know, recognized me as an American tourist, spoke to me in English, and, and I try to shy away from that myself. So Taromina is the most famous resort with the most international crowd and the yes, most fancy definitely. restaurants. And many people just, they're hell-bent on doing Taromina when they go to Sicily. And I think that... If you have a limited time, Taromina is interesting to me because it's a jet-set resort. It's an elegant, not jet-set, it's a um, grand tour, romantic resort for old money. It was of. very jet-set in 1940, 50. Okay, well, jet-set jet yeah. after the war. Yeah. I, I, I really think Taromina is a little overrated that way, and I think a backdoor traveler would have more fun in Cefalu, for instance. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Cefalu is really a great, it's my favorite place for sure. One thing we have not talked about is agriturismos. I had the delight of staying in a, a farmhouse B&B, mm-hmm. a farmhouse guest house, huge sprawling place all over Italy now. Um, agriturismos farmhouses are, I think, getting tax credits if they uh, keep doing their traditional farming and they supplement their income and make ends meet by renting out rooms. Uh, any advice, Alfio, for us on agriturismos uh, in Sicily? Uh, well, I have been in many, but... Um, not any particular one, but yeah, just in exactly. general. Um, all of them, they are just pretty the same level. They are very good. The, the, the food is fantastic. Good it's food. Great. I yeah. couldn't believe it. It's it was very, the best food I had was cooked yeah. up right there like I was a farm worker. Everything is handmade, uh, yeah. or almost everything. And they just they made the cheese <laughs> in the morning. So oh, you man. can have uh, just uh, very fresh cheese. Let's talk uh, food for just night. a minute. In Sicily, we've got traditional food. We've got great uh, local produce. Yep. What do we want to be sure to eat when we're in Sicily? Well, if you are in Sicily between December and May, June, just you don't have to miss the blood oranges. Blood oranges? Yes. Now, they this is just, stressful for a lot of Americans. You open up the orange and it's red. It is it's a, blood it's red. red. It, actually, they are the same chemical compounds that you find in the wine. Huh. So it's exactly the same. Is it, how does it taste different from an orange we know? Uh, it is it's very tasteful. It's 
it, it has a, the right amount of acidic concentration and then sugar and then the, the is is you have to try is is unique. And in the in the grocery store, you can see a box of regular orange juice and a box of blood orange juice. Well, when the blood oranges are in season, you just you mostly find uh, you go for blood that, oranges. and you get it fresh squeezed in Sicily. Uh, yeah, um, okay, many so, bars they do you have the fresh. So we got juice. blood oranges. What else do we have as a must? Cannoli. Talk about cannoli. Yeah, the cannoli is such a wonderful Holy dessert. Cannoli. Yeah, it's a it's a sweet ricotta cheese inside of a pastry. A pastry, um, and then you have sometimes you have the pistacchio. Oh, nice. The, the Bronte. Bronte is a small town in Sicily where they do have this kind of uh, production of pistacchio, and then sometimes you can have some. Chocolate or on the, on the on the cannoli. Yep. When I'm waiting to go into a museum in the countryside, a lot of times children have a bucket of cactus fruit that they're selling. Yeah. Talk about that. We call fiki d'India. Figi Figs from uh, India. Figs from India. <laughs> yeah, we and, call figi d'India. And they pull like, the fruit off the cactus. They carve yeah. it up. Yeah. You just you just uh, you peel it off and then you, they're so great. Very tasty. Nancy, do you have any taste treats to share from your experience in Sicily? I had some fresh dates that were wonderful. And I went to the Catania Fish Market, and I'm, I'm kind oh, of did hesitant you? about fish, but it's the most amazing place to just walk you around see, and look yeah. at the different kinds of fish that are available. There's the yeah. teeniest little fish and the most gigantic fish you've ever seen. It's amazing. Yeah. It's oh. very interesting, yeah. You don't need great museums to enjoy a great look into the culture in Sicily. You just wander through the markets and through the back streets. Yes. Next time that you go to Catania, don't forget to go to the Museum of the... Uh, uh, do you say it's Barco degli Alleati? The boats? No, the Alleats that they come to Sicily... Uh, during World War II, just oh the Allies when the Allies uh, the invasion the invasion right. exactly the museum of the invasion of the Allies is it's, 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 it's great is something that we should never Catania. forget in Catania yeah in Catania. the local people really are still appreciative of the Americans coming to free them from definitely, the fascists definitely definitely I I I I grew up with my father and my uncles just telling me about histories of. Memories of the of Her, the Allies, the because, heroics of the Allies. Yeah, because you know my my father was born in 1937, so he was kind of a child, and re, he remembers where the the, the joy when the Allies came oh. to Sicily. They, they they brought a lot of joy to people because they just uh, the population was starved, and the Nazis were everywhere, and uh, it was great. It was great. So in in Catania, there is that museum about the invasion. Yes. Hey, Nancy, thank you very much for your call. Thank you, Rick. Gotcha. All right. Ciao. Ciao. Joanne from Pennsylvania. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Rick. How are you? We're doing great. Thanks for your call. You got a comment for Alfio or any questions or anything? Uh, well, you kind of answered it earlier. We are going to be going to Sicily. My husband's family is actually from there, and this will be our third trip to Europe, and we've used your guidebooks on the uh, last two trips to Germany, Austria, and France, and I kind of, I, I don't really feel comfortable going without your recommendations. Mm, I'm sorry I don't have a book on Sicily. I got Alfio right here. Well, <laughs> um, there are well, good books on Sicily, so just go to your travel bookstore or, or check out on the web and, and uh, invest in some good guidebooks. That's a real specialty. To me, again, if you want the most challenging aspect and the most rich uh, cultural sort of experience, and you like Italy, you'll love Sicily. Uh, I think, as Alfio said, it's uh, brutally hot in the summer. I would try to avoid it in July and August. Definitely, definitely. Well, my husband's family is originally from Messina and Palermo. And do you have any recommendations where we could stay close to those two cities? Oh, well, I must say you should stay to Cefalo because it's, it is just one hour from Palermo and then a couple of hours from Messina. And 
So yeah. I is think Messina much to see? I always thought Messina was just pretty industrial. Well, Messina, it is a city that was important in the past centuries, but then it was completely destroyed in the earthquake of 1908, oh. completely destroyed. So now the two major cities in Sicily are Palermo and Catania. Oh, okay. But you go to Palermo and see all of the monuments that are there and the, the layer of history and everything. But the most industrial city is Catania. Catania. Yeah. But I think if you're going to choose one city or the other, and no offense because you're from Catania, Palermo is the one to see. Yeah, definitely. definitely. It is the one so to even see. this man from Catania agrees. Palermo, you know, most of us have less than 10 days in Sicily. I think right. Palermo has got to be your big city experience. From there, you can side trip into the hills and see the wonderful town of Monreal, which has incredible Norman church and mosaics. You can go see Sagesta nearby, which is a classic Greek temple. You've got a great opportunity for me. I'm into bones, and I love the Capuchin Monastery. you got countless, you got thousands of skeletons dressed up uh, and hanging on the walls. And these Capuchin monks have this interesting uh, agenda. They want to show people on vacation, dead people, to remind you that we're mortals and we've got, uh, you know, uh, this is just one little blink in time and there's an eternity to concern yourself about, so you better think about your spiritual well-being, you know. All over Italy you can go to these Capuchin monasteries, but in Palermo I think you got the most graphic look if you're interested in skeletons and this kind of thing into this crypt. And there's even certain zones. You've got the zone for the children, for the grandmothers, for the professors, for the priests, for the monks, and so on. And it is a fascinating opportunity to see the Capuchin Monastery when you're there. And then you might want to go to a cafe and have a cappuccino. And remember that cappuccino is from the word capuchin, isn't it, Alfio? Yes, it is. It is. Why is that? Tell us. It is because cappuccino is just coffee with milk. But then on the top you put some... um, chocolate powder. Right. And the color of that with the milk is just the same color of the... Uh, the rope. Or the rope of the monks. So the coffee is called the little capuchin monk, basically. Yeah. Cappuccino. cappuccino. Exactly. And, and, if it, and it's supposed to look like one of the capuchin monks. And I learned from my Sicilian friend, you don't drink cappuccino in the afternoon. Yeah. It, it, for us, it's, it's just a breakfast thing in the winter because in the summer we have such a nice granita. Ah, it's yeah. a kind of... Um, I was told that the bad thing about drinking cappuccino in the afternoon is you've had some tomato with the lunch, and it just turns your stomach to think that you put <laughs> coffee on top of tomato. Is, it, is that true? Or yeah, is it just... exactly, exactly. He said, he said, I throw my arms down. Yeah, mi cadono le braccia. Is that what you say down yeah. there? Just, I just can't believe this. It's like I, 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 I throw my arms down. Say that. You know how, the, how dramatic the gestures. I wish you guys could see it, but I want to see Alfeo say that and throw his arms down. Mi cadono le braccia a terra. To the ground. <laughs> you drink cappuccino in the afternoon, and i got to throw my arms down. Joanne, any other comments or questions? No, Rick, thank you so much for everything. You've really made our experiences in Europe just so wonderful. Thank you for writing the books, and keep it up, please. Good. We well, look forward to going to Sicily. Thank you. Enjoy your time in Sicily. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Ciao. Yeah, I'm talking with Alfio Di Mauro, who's from Sicily. And Alfio, to me, there's, there's like two Italys. It's not just Sicily, but there's the northern Italy and from south of Rome, basically southern yep. Italy. Yep. And as all over the world, or all over Europe anyways, the northern parts are famous for being industrious, more energetic, more prosperous. And a lot of times the southern people are kind of just enjoying themselves and getting economic subsidies from the north, basically. What is the situation today, and do the northern people have a bad attitude about the south of Italy? Well, mm, not necessarily, and not all of them, but there are some political uh, parties that they try to talk about federalism, and they just break apart Italy a little bit. Yeah, but this will never happen, I'm sure. But Italy, the north does make more money. Than the south. Well, definitely. The northeast yeah. is the just northeast. That's why one Italy of the has most rich 
it surpassed England in Europe, per capita I income. I yeah. mean, per person, Italy yeah. now is wealthier than England, and it's not because of Palermo. No. No, it's because of Genoa and Milano and so on. Yeah, and, and, and the not yes, the Veneto. Consequently, at least historically, there's been certain economic advantages given to the South to help them from the government of Italy. Yeah, but then something is getting lost during the road. <laughs> then what? During the road. Dur- oh, Go, is that right? Yeah, going south, some, a kind of, you know. Oh, no. So the money, they say in Rome and Milan, okay, we'll give them an ed- economic advantage. And they, they never go it, south. It never gets south. I think so. So the money gets waylaid. Yeah. You know, when my, I, I just, I'm telling you this story. They are talking uh, in the last few years that the, the bridge between Sicily and Italy uh, eventually would be built. But right. when my father was young, they were talking about this bridge already. Is that right? <laughs> yes. So it's not going to happen for a while. <laughs> we'll conclude our tour of Sicily in a moment. And for dessert today, a little taste of something completely different, Germany's Black Forest. It's all coming up on Travel with Rick Steves. Standing proudly in the Mediterranean, midway between Africa and Europe, Sicily really is a world unto itself. Dripping in testosterone, in many ways, Sicily is Italy in the extreme. Sicily really does have its own attitude. Maybe it's just tired of being kicked around by that boot of Italy all these years. Tour guide Alfio Di Mauro is with us today for an insider's guide to Sicily on Travel with Rick Steves. A few questions from emailers. Louise from Eastern Long Island, New York, emailed us. She said, one of our favorite trips was three weeks in Sicily in October. Beautiful weather, comfortable temperatures. Highlights were four days in gorgeous Madone Mountains and in an agriturismo where she had wonderful food. Nearby Sperlinga, with its medieval castle and cave dwellings perched high above the town, took us back hundreds of years. We've talked about the agriturismos. Across the board, great food. Eat well at the agriturismos. Eat cheaply and well in yes, the agriturismos. Yes, yes. What are the gorgeous Madoni mountains? Madonia. They are just the mountains that you find in the northeast of Sicily. Northeast, okay. Yeah, between Messina and Cefalo, I must say. Beautiful. Nicole from Oakton, Virginia, emails us and writes, Don't miss going to Agrigento and Taormina. Great ancient ruins to explore. I believe Palermo had a church with real mummies dressed up, uh, uh, and we saw that. Uh, yep. uh, Sicily is a wonderful place. I thought it was well worth a trip and a drive along the coast to and from Sicily from southern Italy. It's breathtaking. People like Sicily. Robin from Millersville, Maryland. We're visiting Sicily to visit family, but plan to venture off on our own. Do we need to rent a car, or does the island have good public transportation? In Italy, in general, you'll find a lot of public transportation. But if you want to go to some, I don't know, backdoor location, you, I think, you should rent a car. Rent a car. Yeah. And I found it quite inexpensive to rent a car. I, I took the night boat from Naples to Palermo. I rented a car upon arrival in Palermo, had a great time, and I dropped it at the airport in Catania and flew out. Yeah, worked for me very well. Yeah, that's great. And if people are going to be going to Sicily, we want to stress it's hot in the summer, so try to avoid that. Go springtime. Don't worry about crime. Use common sense, and you should be fine. Make sure you have room in your stomach to eat well. One of my favorite things is the antipasti buffet. Yeah. You go to a restaurant now, and you can just have this... uh, it's like an all-you-can-eat buffet of all of the different... Explain an antipasti buffet for us. Well, usually you have traditional food, something like a caponata. Caponata is all of vegetables that are diced and then fried, and it's something 
great that you shouldn't miss. And then we have the parmigiana that is um, layers of eggplants and cheese and eggs and uh, tomato sauce is great. And then you have um, olives and you have salami. And it's easy to find this in the restaurants, just serving out this self-service buffet. Yep. And what would you pay in a, in a decent restaurant for a lunch? At a, just a, one, one big plate. Eight, mm. eight euros, ten euros, something yeah, like this? Yeah, 15. 15 euros. Yep. So it's quite expensive. The quality is good. So it's going to cost you about $15, I would say, for a meal this way. And it's yep. an all-you-can-eat antipasto buffet. Yep. I want to go to Sicily. <laughs> Al pio de moro. Thank you very much. I should say, molto grazie. Thank you to you. Grazie a te. A più tardi. I, uh, that means uh, I'll see you again, I hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she is soft. She is rugged and rough. The sea gave birth to this mystery. She is lush and green. She is barren and isolated. The hot winds of Africa blow upon her face. She is Sicily. And now we trade bathing suits for later hosen. Let's head north to a quieter, cooler, more predictable place, famous as an R&R refuge for overworked Germans, the Black Forest. German tour guide Christoph Dressler is joining us for a few minutes to take us on a mini-tour of the Schwarzwald. I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. I want to take you to Germany's Black Forest, the Schwarzwald. And I've got with me a German friend and tour guide, Christoph Dressler, born and raised in Germany, and will give us a little insight into the Black Forest. Christoph, thank you for joining us. No problem. Thank you very much. Now, Germany is the uh, size of Montana. It's so diverse and um, a fascinating corner of the country and very popular among tourists is that lush forest land with so much history and heritage that sort of follows the Rhine River on the border with France, called the Black Forest. If you think where Switzerland, Germany, and France all come together, that is the Black Forest. As a German, what do people think about it when they think of the Schwarzwald, the Black Forest? Uh, for Germans, primarily, they think about relaxation, vacation, and a suite which is called uh, Schwarzwald Torte. Oh, let's get right into that. <laughs> you said that almost erotically, oh. Schwarzwald Torte. Say that again. Schwarzwald Torte. You know, some people think the German language sounds guttural. I think the German language sounds delightful when people are... So really do I. <laughs> What's in the Schwarzwald Torte? It's, it's a, I think, well, it's a cherry-based... Uh, uh, let, let's let's curious, go through huh? the layers. Let's yeah. go through the oh, layers. Good. I, okay. I start I start at the bottom. It's a it's a dark cake layer, um, fluffy dark, almost a chocolate uh, cake, a light light on the chocolate. Then there's a layer of uh, a cherry, a mm -hmm. cherry layer, with some cherry sauce. So it's it's by no means a, a dry cake. Uh, there's some cherry layer, and then there's a thick chocolate uh, mousse on top of it, hmm. and and top with pure cocoa. Hmm. Um, baking cocoa on top. This is what I understand as the, the real... Schwarzwald. Do you call it Schwarzwald Kirschtorte or Schwarzwald? Schwarzwälder Kirschtorte. That's a, a black forest cherry cake. Yeah. Right. Now, doctors send people to the black forest when they're overworked. A lot of Germans work hard. And yeah. you have a good system that kind of keeps people with their, their pain-pleasure ratio in balance, right? Die Kur. So you've been in Dusseldorf and you've been building cars and you're just kind of stressed out. What does your doctor say? You need a Kur, which is uh, basically a... A health vacationing. 
So you actually prescribe a, a little break at a health resort? Absolutely. There's a word for it, K-U-R, de cour. And you're going on cour. It's basically, you know, so nobody goes with you. You're going down there. So it's hard work. You're going to relax. Yeah, exactly. Your, your doctor orders, <laughs> prescribes relaxation and fresh air. Fresh air and relaxation. So Black Forest is famous for fresh air. I would say so, yeah. And beautiful uh, spas. Yeah, spas. Bad means bath, right? There's a town called Baden-Baden, bath-bath. That's the exactly. ultimate spa. Now, is it expensive for a German to go down to this uh, Kur? Um, it is affordable. I mean, everything involved with this, because uh, I don't know if we're going into the whole what you do in a bath, but it's, it's, it's a lot. I mean, you go for hours. You're not just going there for an hour and say, I'm taking a bath. You're actually getting a rub. You are uh, being put to rest. Uh, they kind of wrap you in warm towels. In a Rua realm, huh? Oh, yeah. And then, I mean, I'm just well, let's saying talk about because I need let's it. Take <laughs> it right? I need it, too. We're in Baden-Baden, and there's this spa, which is very formal. It's like 19th century. And you yeah. go inside, and they've got the water uh, trickling in the fountain, which is mm-hmm. the spa water. You can drink that. It tastes like it's sulfur like water. It tastes yeah. awful, but it makes you much younger. Apparently. Apparently. Yeah, you've had it, huh? Oh, I've had it, yeah. (laughs) And then uh, you go into your your, uh, different respective areas and you take off all your clothes. Yeah, you go naked. And then you meet a woman. A man will meet a woman in the shower room and she'll give you a hot towel. Yeah. First you take a shower and then she gives you this hot towel. To rub you dry. Yeah. 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 And then what happens? Um, As much as I know, and I've I've taken different baths, but not in this particular... um, Or just any bath, yeah. Any bath, any bath. It is for your... Um, whole body, so they want to get your 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 blood going. So you take uh, d- different heat baths, right. and then you jump into cold pools, or you get a you get actually get a rub where you a, a, a cleansing, massage, yeah. a massage, and, and finished with a good Teutonic spank. Bing. Right. Did you have that also? Uh, I haven't Bam. had it yet, but <laughs> okay, I had uh, that. You know, I'm I'm. It's more tactile for me because I'm an American, and like I said, nude. And it's yeah. uh, you probably didn't even think nude, but because it's so casual for Germans. But oh, it is, yeah. And and you're going to a sauna, even the public sauna. We have all over Germany sauna places, and and you go in the sauna, and it is it, it's just expected to you know. And drop, Americans drop kind of go, well, where, is it boys here, girls there? No, no, no. And uh, I remember my wife and I went with a, a couple that we were friends yeah. with in the Black Forest to this bath in Baden-Baden, and all of a sudden we look around and they're naked, and we kind of well. I guess we better take off our clothes, and then we go in there, and it's no big deal. It's just yeah, and just for for you know for everybody out there listening to this, uh, you do have uh, separate rooms where you have your facilities where you change and things. So absolutely, it's not. It's not like the whole thing is, you know. And there are some nights that are men only and some nights that are women only. Exactly, to make it comfortable for those who really don't want. You have a, a woman's night or... But or if you're unlucky or lucky, depending on your outlook, you might hit it on a mixed night. Yeah. Okay. Now, you've got the the cold plunge, the hot, all this sort of thing. You sit in the sauna and then and then you have these buckets that have a chain and you get really, really hot. And then you go over to the bucket and you pull the bucket and this ice water falls on you. Yeah. And that's quite an experience. Oh, that's oh, nice. Cape, Cape Canaveral for me. And then, uh, <laughs> and then when you're all done, they go into the quiet room. And yeah. It's like a cocoon. And you really need it too because your your vascular system has has had a workout. You you wouldn't believe it. You you think uh, it is relaxing, but you also your your blood is going. Your heart uh, uh, goes through different temperature. Uh, you know, you're just working out and you're sweating actually too. And, and in those Ruhrraum, in these relaxation rooms, it's almost if somebody comes over and knocks you out. It's amazing. You, you're bundled up in a hot blanket and a hot, hot sheet. There's just this beautiful silence, and there's six or eight people laying there like uh, comatose. <laughs> and then That's later it. on, your, uh, your uh, attendant will give you a little shake and say, okay, it's time to go. Yeah. 
Now, this is a beautiful experience. And, you know, for an American who doesn't speak German, who's walking around clumsy, naked, around all these beautiful German people, you it's a little bit gawky. But yeah. I want to remind tourists that you're more than welcome. People will help you out. The signs, there's signs for the regiment in uh, German and in English. And uh, it's French, very straightforward. Think, yeah. And, yeah, in and French. Baden, Baden in French. So yeah. you would have no problem to, to check this out. And the ultimate town for this spa experience, well, there's many towns, the ultimate town really is Baden-Baden. Yeah, it's like the crown jewel and Victoria-style type of bath. I mean, and we should mention Baden-Baden is also famous as a uh, casino town. Mm-hmm. And you uh, can roll the dice. You can, and it was the uh, casino resort in Europe in its day. I don't know yeah. in the 19th century. And you, you can you can totally see how a crown jewel, how a royal oh, place boy. that is, and and how actually all this high society met up there. They all met there, and uh, the rooms are modeled after Versailles. Literally, yeah. uh, and you can you can tour the casinos in the morning, and of course you can go gamble in the evening. And I found them very accessible from somebody who wants to just wander around, people watching gawk, if they're, even if they're not going to gamble. Yeah, and you, it's interesting. Yeah, cars so got, pull up, and wow. oh, all the the beautiful people are there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you got your you got your spa, you got your soaking, your massage, your Teutonic spank, your quiet room, <laughs> you got your uh, gambling, you got your concerts all the time, and you got your Schwarzwald Kirschtorte. Yeah. Doesn't that sound, all of this sound really relaxing? And your doctor saying And your there. doctor saying, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Germans, don't Germans have this 13th week or, so, or 13th month? What's the deal with that? You get paid for an extra month that you don't even work or I'm, I'm confused yeah, about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, more and more they want to cut down on this. But yes, there's there's something they call the 13th month in, in terms of payment where you get your extra pay. Um, it's kind of your bonus. The average okay. workman's bonus saying, thank you for being with our company. Thank you for working hard. And you get an extra month of pay. Uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And you can go to the Black Forest and spend that time and that money. We've been talking about the spa, but the Black Forest also is a great place. Well, it's called the Black Forest because it's a thick forest. Is that right? Yeah. So, I mean, you've got a great forest there. And in parts of the United States, that would be no big deal. But in Europe, that's quite astounding to have such a, a beautiful forest to explore. It's huge. It's, what is it, 100 miles long? Yeah. And tell yeah. me about these folks marches. That's a real tradition in Germany, I think. Yeah. Um, it is. I mean, everybody gets their hiking boots on. Um, puts their shorts on in the summer, and then, you know, maybe uh, have a stick to walk, a walking stick, and then off you go. You bring some uh, provisions, and off in the in the woods, and that's what the doctors want. You know, they want to get you exercise, they want to get you air, you know, not just the gambling part. I'm talking with Christoph <laughs> Dressler, who's a friend uh, and fellow tour guide, uh, and Christoph is born and raised in Germany. Christoph, you mentioned when you're hiking... They've got these sticks, and it, it's kind of funny because all over Europe, Germans are famous for their hiking sticks. <laughs> and in Italy, on the on the Riviera, oh, here comes a bunch of Germans, and they're going like they're going like robots with their their walking sticks. Yes. And this is power walking. This is a new uh, this is a new sport now. Actually, it's, it is it's a called new trend. Nordic walking. Tell and me about that. I almost feel like the 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 pole industry who makes those walking poles came up with a new sport because I mean it's amazing how they sell like hotcakes. But it must be something to it from an aerobic or a, a exercise point of view to have no. these walking sticks. And it does make sense. And I'm a cross country skier, and yes, it's probably one of the most healthiest ways you can get your upper body going by having these two sticks and you walk basically. And it, and there's a technique to it. You can't just like drag a stick with you into the woods. I mean that doesn't you no, know right. you have to move your upper body accordingly. Um, it's called a diagonal walk, you know, and no pass walk, you know, which is, you know, and your arms are going and your whole body is going and, and, and this is like a workout and it's the most healthiest workout because naturally this is what, you know, 
uh, works you're out supposed everything. to do. Yeah. yeah. Now, do people still put little medallions on their sticks, stock nickels? Yes. This is the old days, the hardcore uh, walkers. It's kind of like a mileage. Hey, I've done this town. I've done this. And in every town, you get actually one of those prefabricated uh, metal things that are like half conic, half shaped. It's so easy for you to slap them on your little wooden... Tack it on. Yeah, tack it on. Sing. So you look at a, an old timer walker with his felt hat and his lederhosen and his uh, his, and uh, his walking, walking stick, stick and it's just... Littered with it. He's a general. I mean, yeah. he's got so many medals. Oh, yeah. Th- this thing is uh, like a weapon now. It's a good souvenir. That's fun. It is a good souvenir. Now, when we're talking about the Black Forest, it has a certain unique industry that's been part of the charm from a tourist point of view. Uh, it was, I guess they had long winters. It was kind of poor, not much to do. So they got good with their handicrafts and their woodworking. Is that right? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, toy industry is based on that. Um, if you go to a, a toy museum, uh, you'll find out that certain things were invented in Germany. Out Intricate of the, little yeah, doodads and, and clocks, of course. This was a great place clocks. for the cuckoo clocks because yes. they had their long winters and they had their craftsmanship. And, yep. and instead of knitting, they would, they would make these ornate cuckoo clocks. There's even a cuckoo clock museum in the Black Forest, which is fantastic. Furt, Furtwingen, I think. Is Furtwingen, the town. yeah. Yeah, great town and a wonderful clock museum there. I've been talking with Christoph Dressler. We're talking about the Black Forest in Germany. Christoph, thank you so much for sharing a little bit about your great country. It was very great to be here. Thank you. We explore a couple of domestic destinations with poems sent to us by our listeners today on Travel with Rick Steves. Mary Henson Saunders lives in Mission, South Dakota. She hears us on South Dakota Public Radio and writes us this haiku to describe summer where she lives. Sunset pink, badlands. From horseback in July look like cotton candy. And Sydney Reichman is a sculptor who built her home and studio on what she describes as a badly abused piece of land 30 years ago in the woods outside of Nashville in a place called Fernvale. She hears travel with Rick Steves on WPLN. She wrote us a poem to describe her love affair with Tennessee and to let us know that the area is still, though barely, holding on to its idyllic River Valley beauty. Tennessee, bathe me in your sweet, succulent watermelon rain. Mist of dark hardwoods lays in a soul like remembering a time away when the music was only in the frogs. Your edges are defined, your seasons quintessential. You yield to a sultry, syrupy summer and fold to an austere, dark, wooming winter. Spring blows birth like a universe that exists solely as imagined heaven, drinking the smells of colored mist mornings and green, green, growing a million greens into a shade-slicing light, eclipsing the moon with wild rain, passionate thunder, and the falling of crimson, golden, purple umber. If your travels inspire the poet in you, send us an original haiku or a poem. Or like today, tell us something about the place you call home, either in a poem or a short essay. 
We'll include the best ones on future editions of Travel with Rick Steves. You can find archived audio of every show we've produced on our website, plus special program features and a place to share your comments. And look for the link called 15 Seconds of Fame to send us your original travel poetry. It's in the radio pages at ricksteves.com. Travel with Rick Steves is produced at Europe through the back door in Edmonds, Washington. Special thanks to Rachel Unk for reading today's listener poems. I'm the show's producer, Tim Tatton. Join us next week for more Travel with Rick Steves. Travel with Rick Steves is made possible in part by American Airlines, with 4,000 flights to 250 cities in 40 countries around the world every day. It's easy to book your next flight at aa.com. American Airlines knows why you fly.